0: i uh-huh. uh-huh. Welcome back to Spider Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and do donuts in front of our aunt's apartment building in (laughs) Spider Man 3. Uh, One objectively cruel minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli.
1: I'm Zach Luna.
0: I'm Alex Thompson. And today we are talking about Minute 15, which starts with uh, Peter bothering his aunt in the middle of the night and (laughs) ends with Peter saying, Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so yesterday we were wondering how he was gonna park this uh, moped, and not that we got an answer to that today, but um,
0: we did. We He's something. not. He's just doing donuts. <laughs> it's just yeah.
1: He does this. Thing, like he approaches the apartment complex and just starts doing spinny bits. Just yeah. He just spins around.
2: I think the answer is Peter didn't think that far ahead either. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know where I'm the like, apartment oh, this is. is.
0: This isn't <laughs> how you stop on a moped. <laughs> <laughs> just keep,
1: uh, just keep on going, buddy. Yeah, just, uh, you just
0: you just d- drive in circles without pressing the gas until you slow down, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, he not a... <laughs> It's got to be some sort of law of physics, right? It's yeah, it's uh, object in motion. Something about in. inertia. Something, something. I don't know. I'm not a scientist.
2: Well, I bet, I bet you, because we see this guy walking by. Uh, if there was no one there, he would have probably used his powers to just kind of like pick the thing up and stop walking. Mm. You know, yeah. done some superhuman feat. But now that the guy now that the guy's there, he's like, ah, oh, crap! I gotta. I can't. I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. Like a normal human. So I got to just kind of drive in circles until <laughs> there's no one looking never, and I can use my spider powers.
1: He has never stopped his moped like a normal human. He doesn't know how. So yeah. Every time. Uh,
0: he is this it. what humans do?
1: It's just, how do I how do I be? Begs the question, too. Why didn't he just web sling over there? He I, already had the bike, eh, I guess. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Arms retired.
0: I don't know.
2: Aunt Aunt May supposedly
0: doesn't know he's Spider Man, so. Mm. Yeah,
1: he used up all of his webbing building that elaborate thing in the park. I don't know, man.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, So, so, uh, what he does to his aunt, I think, is objectively cruel. Um, Yes, what the hell? Yeah, he. Knocks on her door in the middle of the night. This is definitely the middle of the night. She is way too freaked out for this to be. She was asleep for yeah. sure. Uh, she was she was dead asleep, and uh, he knocked on her door, woke her up, made her come to the door, and then when she's like, <laughs> "What's wrong?" He responds by saying, "It's MJ." Like <gasps> her face. Why would you do this to this poor old woman?
1: like when both she and MJ have been menaced by supervillains in the recent the in recent memory you're gonna be yeah. like it's MJ like no. so you can do this like timing joke this like dumb joke about oh yeah got your expectation going about bad things huh but it's a good thing
0: <laughs> oh man terrible
1: <sighs> terrible terrible horrible like yeah my note here just says, This joke is pretty mean, Pete, in all caps. There's
2: uh, no. Uh, uh,
0: it's also when he says, I'm going to ask her to marry me. She, he's so smug after she's like, Oh, Peter. And like, hugs, he has the smuggest look on his face that I've ever seen anyone have. He's um, an absolute D bag. Um, just- yeah. He's the worst. Also,
2: well, that's kind of in fitting with the Spider-Man that we're seeing at the beginning of the movie. I mean, it's true. You're not wrong, but like, also, like, I just, why in the middle of the night? Why are you
0: doing this right now? This is like the other problem with the script not having any air in it, is -hmm. that they're like, all of these things need to happen tonight. Sandman needs to go home. Peter needs to go to the park after the play and then he has to get the symbiote. And then also he needs to tell Aunt May that he's going to marry, ask Mary Jane to marry him because he needs to have the ring when Harry attacks him on the way home. Like, Oh my God. It Like, yeah. Like that's so like, it's too much. It's too much. You guys, it's too much crazy random happenstance for one night. This is the worst night of his life. <laughs> Like, there's just, there's so much going on. It's insane.
2: Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I think to draw a parallel between another project that someone here has worked on, Um oh boy. it could be that this state might hold some special significance, being the temporal junction point for the entire space-time continuum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it could just be an amazing coincidence.
0: It sure seems that way. Uh, Because, yeah, this is insane. And that, like, okay, so... So he went and saw a play. It was nighttime, so that means, at yes. best, because this is this is I would say this seems springish mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, so like say like uh, let's let's call it March. Okay, so March uh, means that uh, sun's going down maybe around seven thirty, something mm, yeah. like that. Yeah. So so yeah. play probably starts at eight. Is that fair to yeah. say?
2: Yeah, 8's a pretty fair start time. For yeah, the- yeah. So, so
0: eight o'clock. It's a musical, so we're talking three hours, right? Yes. So that means 11 o'clock for it just to be over. Then he has to wait for her to say goodbye to everybody, get uh, her roses put together and get changed and then leave with him. So we're talking minimum, minimum. They're out the door by 1130. I would say you're pushing 1145, maybe even midnight at that point. Right. But unless, unless let's it started
1: at seven but even still that's a, the 11 o'clock hour yeah. 11 or midnight yeah so
0: let's give them let's give them the benefit of the doubt and and say 11: uh, uh, 30 okay and then they drive in New York they drive to Central Park, find a spot in the trees, build a web, hang out there for a little while. that's at least an hour hour and a half. So now we're talking one in the morning. So then he dropped Mary Jane off, then came to Aunt May's apartment. So this is like literally 132 in the morning.
2: Uh, I'm almost inclined to say that they spent longer in the park. If I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that they spent longer in the park. And this is like five in the morning and she's getting up to do her morning so he and he's morning like, oh, you know what? I'll surprise her. It's crack dawn. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: but but I'll it surprise can't be, her
2: at crack dawn when she wakes up.
0: But it can't be because I'm still not done yet. Here we go. So, oh, so, no. then, oh, no. oh, so no. then it's two in the morning. So then they're talking for, uh, I would say, what, an hour? At least an Probably. hour, right? There's yeah. no way he's going to go visit his aunt for any less time than an hour. So now it's three in the morning. Three in the morning and then he is driving home and gets attacked by Harry next week and that's a whole fight that ends with Harry going to the hospital now and it's still nighttime when he wakes up and he has amnesia so we're Wait. we're 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 literally like, like we're talking like that is at that point that is the break of dawn is what i would say
2: is it possible and I can't remember from the, the minutes before this week. Is it possible that it was a matinee showing of the play that actually got out? Because that it, would shift your timeline back about three to four hours.
0: It wasn't because there was an establishing shot of okay. everyone When going he arrives
1: in. at the theater. And then yeah, there's a shot a night where he, he gets his ticket yeah, okay. because right. it's a comp ticket and it's already right. nighttime. Yeah. So it would have to be an evening show. And I don't know. I think Broadway shows typically don't go any earlier than seven for an evening show.
0: Right. Yeah. And 7, we don't know if this is a weekend or a weekday, but if it's opening night, it's probably a Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that means that there's no there's no reason why they would start uh, at 7 o'clock because they'd want it to be yeah. 8 to give everybody time to get off work, get home, get changed, and go to the show. Yeah. Oof. So it's got to be an 8 o'clock showtime. Um, you do 7 on a Saturday, not on a Friday, you wouldn't yeah. think. Um, oh, my God. So, yeah, this is... He's he's visiting his aunt at 2 in the morning. He woke her up to tell her this. Why? Why right now? You couldn't wait till the morning? Why? What a dick. Yeah. yeah.
1: Here, too. Okay, check this out. So, after the like goofy face hug, when we cut to Aunt May making her tea uh on the stovetop, there's a
0: clock on the wall above her.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. The clock And it's on like the wall does say 2 something in the it's morning. It's like
0: 2:50 something. <laughs> so there you go. So I was I was spot on. Spot on.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, fair enough. What the hell, Peter? Yeah.
1: What the hell? You have to tell her when Maybe you have the Aunt idea? Maybe Aunt May
2: is one of those senior citizens who keeps, like, a later schedule. Maybe, yeah. <sighs> like, I've, I've known one or two of them who, like, obviously, yes, yeah, some of them go to bed at, like, 7.30, but I've mm-hmm. known one or two of them that keep late hours.
1: Maybe he knows from living with Aunt May that her whole thing is she doesn't go to bed till three or four because she's yeah. up knitting. Yeah. Uh, just that's when that's her quiet time to process things mm, Yeah or something.
0: Um, Yeah, I don't buy that at all. That is uh, so yeah. <laughs> messed up. <laughs> I like that you guys are trying to do your best here, we're, but like, come on. We're doing
2: our best. Yeah, but yeah. no. It is kind of in keeping with the Peter that we see at the beginning of this movie that he's not the most considerate of other people in his life. Yeah. Yeah. It's self-absorbed time for. Old, yeah, uh, it's true.
0: It's definitely P. true. Um, um, but this is, uh, what are you doing, Peter? Peter, I and, and here's the other thing. It is very strange not coming back to the Parker home.
1: Um, oh, yeah.
0: I mean, I know this was established in the last film. It is just very strange that we're like going to an apartment in an apartment building to see Aunt May. Mm. It feels yeah. very weird.
1: It hurts a little bit. Yeah.
0: It does but, hurt a little bit. However, uh, this being New York, this is a massive apartment. Like holy, massive. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 Insanely massive. <laughs> Uh, and, and not only is it massive, but like from a, from a a set decoration standpoint, they did a really good job of showcasing the fact that because she moved in here from a house, she has too many, she has too much stuff for this Mm -hmm. apartment. And so there's just stuff everywhere and it's Mm -hmm. neatly well together, but it is a little cluttered. Like it feels a little cluttered. It it feels instantly lived in the way that it feels when you have too much stuff in an apartment. Because right. you came from a bigger place.
2: Yeah. I wonder if you looked at the scenes here and the scenes in the Parker household in the first two, if you can track some of these uh pieces of set deck. Oh, oh man. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, that would we be know, great. She was big into really weird plants and things and the uh um the giant utensils that were on the wall in the last yeah. movie. Um but you know, I would I would almost assume like um you can see by the stovetop there's a little like decorative tile on the wall with like Mm -hmm. a rooster or something on it. Like I would buy that. And I think in the entryway, when she comes in, there's these, uh, I don't know if I would call them pictures. I don't know what's on them, but they seem very of a piece with, um, the set deck from the first two, which would, I mean, they catalog all that stuff, right? So they probably have access to it, whatever they used for the, uh, the big moving day scene with the neighbor boy who's too tall and whatnot. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't be impossible to go back and get literally some of the same physical objects.
0: Yeah, probably not. I mean, they probably have a catalog of all of that from continuity on Spider-Man 2, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, because um, I'm sure that they kept that log from Spider-Man 1 because it's the same set. So sure. they yeah. knew they were going to revisit that set or they might revisit that set. So they would want to keep all that stuff to maintain continuity between movies. So and they, I'm sure they did the same thing here.
1: The production timeline was... Like Spider-Man 3 was greenlit before the second one came out or was it It was it was, right- it was
0: in development before. In development it, before. It wasn't yeah. greenlit until the till the uh they approved the final treatment and officially cast um Grace grace and uh uh Thomas Hayden Church.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah so. Um
0: yeah. but uh uh so so okay, so beyond uh set decoration, which is all very impressive as as usual with these movies. Mm-hmm. Um I, uh, uh, this, this story that she's telling, um, and we'll get more of it n- next week. Um, this is another example of, of not great dialogue. If I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's not, it's, it's, this is definitely my least favorite Aunt May scene in the series. Um, I think it's a little cringy, uh, yeah. this, this stuff. Um, it, it just, it, it, I don't know, man. I it can feels see like nails the on function too much. Yeah. Like, like yeah. The,
1: I can. What's fun in these scenes, even when they're not written with like realistic dialogue, where it's a little too snappy or a little little written, is is it's fun in that the words are are have their own level of enjoyment, and the scene has its own function underneath that. In this one, it's almost like when you write the outline of a scene, and you're like, "All right, this is the the information she needs to say for the plot." Right. But then we just shot that. We didn't shoot the next draft where we make it seem like playful, real speech and whatnot. Right. I mean, she's she's great, but yeah, she can't do this.
0: Right. Because no the purpose of the scene is to establish that the two people that Peter looks at as like the perfect romantic archetype, uh, his aunt and uncle, uh, you know they they didn't they didn't do a great job the first time out like they yeah. they he he asked too early they weren't ready um and so they didn't get married the first time and then as we'll hear next time we hear about the second time that he asked um which was a uh, which was the more appropriate time and the time that she said yes but here like the point of this is that she's saying thematically she's saying without saying the way that Aunt May typically does with Peter mm-hmm. is that she's saying, you're not ready for this. Like, you're not ready for this. You don't have your life together. You haven't graduated college. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Don't do this yet. It's not time. But she's doing it by telling the story about how they weren't ready at a time Mm -hmm. and hoping he gets the point. But Peter, being the stupid idiot, dumb, dumb that he is, um, (laughs) is only going to pay attention to the second half of the story. Uh, yeah. That we get next week. So, like, I, I understand the purpose of it, but it's in direct uh, uh, antithesis to her reaction to hearing the news.
1: Yeah. Like, she's so overwhelmed, overjoyed, happy. Mm-hmm. But, but like, which is a totally normal, lived-in human reaction that a person would have. But then, immediately, the script needs her to tell him it's not time yet. Right.
0: But I so guess... So she does. Right and and she does but then but she's performing it like it's just an anecdote not like it's a goal oriented anecdote mm, um nice. and i think that's a failure of sam's direction of communication yeah yeah that's that's a failure of him telling her like not telling her what the subtext of this is supposed to be mm-hmm. um and and so she's not playing it with any subtext she's just yeah. playing it like a straight anecdote of like, mm. oh, I've never told you. He once proposed to me, and I said no. It, as isn't an actor, that funny? She that we went already. Clear you know, objective
2: I, in the scene. Right, right, exactly, right, Alex. Right. There's
0: no clear objective, um, and that's that's the problem with the scene. I think that's why it just comes off as hokey and cheesy and makes me cringe a little. Is because it's very one dimensional. It's just here's a bunch of cheesy dialogue. Don't do anything with it. Just perform it.
1: Yeah. Mm and she does and she pulls out all of the the acting tricks of you know saying it as if she it's a thing that really happened to her and she's got plenty of business going around making the tea and opening fridges and stuff like that you know trying to make it feel like a real moment a person has but Mm -hmm. if the the objective isn't there it's all you're wasting all of that energy because it's just gonna seem pokey
2: Yep. I think like we were saying with the scene in the previous minutes, it, it's a good cold reading. Right. You
1: know, Yeah. Like if you just got this, this script page right now, give me your take on it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, with, look at you. You're zero an actor. Context. Yeah, you're yeah. a real yeah. actor. Look at that. But that's yeah. not... Yeah. You don't want that to be the final version. <laughs>
2: no. Uh, so this scene is the uh, actually the other reason why I was very excited about the minutes that I got this week. Because oh, okay. it has... Uh, personal resonance to me as I am at time of, uh, I guess, time of this airing, I am about two, three, oh, it's it July about three, four months away from being married myself, same. Wow. Oh. So, oh. Yes. Early congrats then. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, Indeed. So, a lot of what she's saying actually kind of has resonance. Um, uh, uh, no one's really ready for that until Hmm. uh until they're cohabitating until they're thinking about things like sharing the bills having having long-term financial goals together you know Mm uh divvying up the responsibilities of who does the dishes and takes out the trash (laughs) things like that uh until you're doing there's a whole lot that goes into marriage that you don't realize mm-hmm. until you're there um, so in a way I like the fact at least that she's saying you know yeah we weren't ready um, I just think it's interesting that they at least had enough self-awareness to realize they weren't ready but right
0: that, yeah well she did anyway yeah. sure, <laughs> sure. Did. yeah
2: no and it is I think it is a important
1: thing the way that like I, I like that movies this big are willing to just full out have um, the inclusion of the idea that like, if you're an adopted child to somebody that wasn't your biological parents, that they are your real family, you know, full stop. And Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. a father's name is Ben Parker. Little, little like just reassuring things about life as it is lived, you know, treated well. um, Even if like you wouldn't have to do that in order to make the movie be a movie uh, that plays four quadrants or whatever so to have a discussion about marriage where it's not you know everything's perfect and you saw them and then yes we get married and ta-da that you know it is a tricky thing sometimes and the the knowledge of knowing this is the person you want to marry and knowing that it's time to marry them are different things sure Um,
0: there's also um but there is that other layer of this scene which is that she is presenting this mo the way that she the way that it's written it's as if she's saying that uh, y- that she there was nothing wrong with her she was ready it was mm. ben because he wasn't a man <laughs> yet um mm. and and that men Are the like they have to take care of their wives and men have to do this and men have it's a very outdated uh, uh, view and and honestly a um, somewhat toxic view of masculinity and things like that Um, and granted like it's coming out of the mouth of someone you know two generations prior um, right at least uh, uh, because I'm I'm assuming that Peter would be Gen X ish. Ish, I guess. Yeah, I think. Oh, so. no, I guess he would be technically like right around my age, I guess, because if he was high school in 2002, if he was a senior in 2002. He's a year older than me. Oh, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 So he would be he would be a, a millennial. So she would be like either an early baby boomer or, or part of the greatest generation. Um. Yes. Uh. Wh- I don't know which one, but like you know, it's coming out of the the mouth of the right person, but the movie doesn't seem to be disagreeing with her take on things. You know. Um. Yeah. And that's that's a uh, that 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 comes off as a little dated and problematic. I would say. Yeah. Because like, I because I think Alex is more right. It's more of a team thing. Like that's what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. That
1: that whole thing about that like the the relationships work, work best when both people are trying to put in 60 instead of half and half. I'm trying to put in more and she's also trying to put in more. I don't know what the, there's like a smart way to phrase that, that I don't have on where
0: you're both, where both, both parties are trying to put in 60% despite there only being a hundred. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And I think you can, she ends it in that old fashioned zone, but at least the beginning can feel that way. And that's what might resonate to, um, yeah. I don't know, just a person watching it that's like close to that sort of right. thing. Right. Um, I think that's worth having in the film. But it's weird that like she seems to uh, land in one direction where the movie wants another direction, but the way the scene plays out she's not even hitting the, the concept that hard. So the the ideas are put up there but not um, integrated. You know what right. I mean? Right. So right. there's a version right. of this that like Alex says, like this, like speaks to you when you're in this space. But it could have done that even more so if all of the, um, if everybody was on the same page.
2: Yeah. Right. If 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 it was clearer, yes. Like I said, if it was clearer what her objective in this scene is. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff there, yeah.
0: but it could be better. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, um, Spider-Man three. There's a lot of stuff there, be be- but it could be better. <laughs> it could be
2: better.
1: We just collect uh, a lot of Spider-Man 3 taglines as we
2: go. I was also really taken, I guess this also just kind of goes to the movie entirely. Mm-hmm. Now that I never really this criticism of the Spider-Man of this Spider-Man in general never really landed with me until I'm now the age Toby Maguire was. Mm. The people who say that he like he looks like a grown ass man through all three of these movies. Mm-hmm. Now seeing him as a 30 31 year old playing a 20 21 year old i can really see that like oh yeah this is a this is a grown adult playing yeah. a child yeah yeah like it never really landed for me when i was the child age but now, well, now that yeah, I'm, now that I'm yeah. the adult age.
0: You're you're used to seeing uh, kids on TV that look like that because that's mm-hmm. that's you know it's the what what did you call it, Zach? Uh, oh, 18, Dawson f- casting. No, no, oh, eighteen to look younger. younger. Yeah, yeah, eighteen yeah, to yeah. look yeah. younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right.
1: Yeah, that like, and, and but it's uh, the gap has gotten bigger basically in that like yeah. the story isn't moving as quickly as the life of the characters is, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm more. I don't know, maybe this is cultural conditioning, but I'm more likely to buy an early 20s person playing an 18 year old just because that's what we do all the time mm-hmm. than I am to buy an early 30s person playing a 22 year old. That, like, the longer it goes, the more bizarre it gets, especially yeah. once you have that life experience.
2: Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, now I work with people in their early 20s and I see how young they are and I go, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> babies, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are you? They doing? need that
0: need that shredder gif
2: They're babies. They're babies. Yeah,
0: yeah. So to see
1: to see this Peter with like the face of our peers now, yeah, still behaving in the t- twenty two year old zone. You're like, whoa, yeah. this is more incongruous somehow <laughs> than it was. What they needed
2: was uh, the Walking Dead style thing where he just ages to a 16-year-old and they don't mention the fact that he's suddenly gone from like 8 to 16 in a year and a half. <laughs> right. Just like have yeah. Peter be 28 and don't say anything about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, the, we almost thought they had been doing that
1: for a, a good portion of the beginning of this movie because it's not really clarified that well how much time has passed. But the longer it goes, the more it's it feels like they're trying to say it's only like a year ish or two in between mm-hmm. Spider Man two and three. And these are I don't know, bizarre.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think given the fact that there's such tension now in the Harry Peter relationship, yeah. I, I don't think you could get away with saying it's been six years right. like this. Right. Or yeah, Mary we Jane were... not knowing.
0: <laughs> right we were thinking that it was like if, if it was in real time, then he was, uh, in graduate school. Like he was like in first year graduate school at this point, mm-hmm. but according to the Wikipedia, it's only been a year. So he's still in his undergrad, um, mm. theoretically, but it seems uh, suspect. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He <sighs> might be in the having it
1: both ways camp at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Anyway, uh, that's all I've got for this one. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but...
1: Yeah, uh, all so I've got good. here is uh, just what Rosemary Harris was up to between these films. Um, oh, yeah, what is she doing? Um, so She just did a couple things. Like, around this time, she uh, uh, shot a, a TV movie about a lady. There was a lady who ends up uh, in a situation where she should take care of the elderly relatives of somebody else, and she plays one of the old relatives in that but mm-hmm. i thought what was funny about the tv movie was that she, her character in it was named may ha Ha-ha. ha huh. ha ha mm. um and uh, her big project she did between spider-man 2 and 3 was uh being julia which was a, a 1930s london period piece about stage actors with annette benning and jeremy irons and it's like you know people falling in love and betrayal and everything's very dramatic because they're all you know, actors and it's the thirties and it's all London and everybody uses their, she gets to use her natural accent and that and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. The sort of thing you would think a stage and screen veteran like Rosemary Harris would do with her time. And um, the third thing, which I thought was a little fun, was that she also shot around the same time as Spider-Man three before the devil knows you're dead, which was that uh, Sidney Lumet movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke as those like brothers they um they want to rob a, a jewelry store to get money because they're having tough times in their life and it all goes belly up so she's the old lady in the jewelry store in that uh that they rob what i thought was fun about it second fun fact for rosemary harris was another co-star of that movie was marissa tomei so oh. both aunt may's one movie the origin story of aunt may 2.0 i guess uh.
0: well she's aunt may 3.0 right Has she ever done a movie with Sally Field? I
1: should look for that, yeah. Oh, wow, sorry, Sally Field. Uh, I'll look that up. (laughs) I tend to forget that the The, uh, made Spider-Man films happen, but I guess you're right. That would be 3.0. Oh, boy. Oh,
0: boy, yeah. (laughs) Um, It was a more uh, gradual youngification of Aunt May. (laughs) They didn't just leap right to Tomei. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Anyway. All right. Well. That's uh, it. Yeah. I, th- I think that's. I think that's all we got for this one. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining us this week. Yeah. I'm, thanks for having
2: me, guys. Yeah. It's of been a course. Yeah. Uh
0: One last time. Where can uh, people find you?
2: Uh. Yep. Yeah, main project. Independence Day minute. Uh. Going through that. Uh, sci-fi classic. Awesome. Um. Because I can't get enough of Aliens. Um. I previously yeah. did Galaxy Quest minute. Uh, and, um, different sort of aliens, I guess. Uh, occasionally there will be episodes of Cleveland in six going deep into major league Ooh. out on podcatchers near you. Beautiful. All
0: right. Uh, and uh, if you want to hear us over the weekend, then you're gonna to want to become a Patreon supporter at duelinggenre.com/support. Uh, for three dollars a month, you gain access to like all of the pod- extra podcast stuff that we do on our Patreon, and it's a lot. So uh, for all the sign shows, up. Yeah. Yeah, sign up uh, for $3 a month and you'll get The Weekend Bugle, uh, which is the show that Zach and I do. And uh, you'll get like lots of other things as well, movie reviews, that sort of thing. So do that, duelinggenre.com support. We really appreciate everyone who does that, who is already doing that and may do that in the future. And uh, we'll see you in the future on Monday with Minute 16. Bye, everybody. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.